who sent serial fabulist John Thaler to Liz Harris. As John Thaler's fantastic tale collapses, questions are rising from the rubble. By Brian Cates. New Arizona State Representative Liz Harris is the new gal on the block. She just got there to the state legislature three months ago. She's still learning the ropes. She and several new members of the House and Senate that are fervent Donald J. Trump supporters who ran for office on America First platforms such as State Senator Janae Shamp and State Rep. Rachel Jones have hit the ground running as their legislative records attest. These new lawmakers have a very big top priority to get to the truth about what's been going on in their state's elections in some of the more corrupt Arizona counties. And it looks to me like someone took advantage of their enthusiasm for getting to the bottom of all the election fraud going on in that state since 2018. Two weeks ago, I was invited on short notice to attend an important Arizona election integrity hearing at the state legislature in Phoenix, where a panel of lawmakers would view presentations from informative speakers on a variety of election fraud-related issues. That hearing can be viewed in its entirety at this link from Badlands Media, link in the article. The Arizona state lawmakers who pushed to have that election integrity hearing appear to have been set up to be massively embarrassed by a deceitful lunatic named John Thaler. The hearing was going extremely well as presentations were made to the state legislator panel by speakers such as Captain Seth Keschel, Ivan Raiklin, and John Mills until the last speaker appeared. As the room sat in often stunned and confused silence, Jacqueline Breger stepped up to the podium and identified herself as the lead investigator of a team of crack professionals who supposedly done a three and a half to four years intensive white collar crime investigation spanning over 19 states and how their investigation had led them directly to Arizona. Breger went on to allege in a 40-minute presentation that this professional investigative team working out of Thaler's law office had conclusive documentary evidence based chiefly on a report from a handwriting expert that current Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs and Arizona State Attorney General Adrian Fontes were financial beneficiaries of forged real estate transactions, Breger released to the panel a list containing the names of dozens of state and local officials that supposedly are all being bribed via these fraudulent real estate deals. At first glance, the allegation certainly looked plausible, until it was noticed how repeatedly Breger returned to two particular names, Brittany Ray Chavez and Donna Chavez. As Breger unfolded the story, she ended up telling a tale in which these two women come across as virtual super-spy criminals able to hack into any court and state database and insert fake documents and remove real ones. Apparently, these women possessed powers beyond the ken of mortal man, which any spy agency would certainly be envious of being able to have. The impact of Breger's presentation was to suck all the oxygen out of the room so that by the time she was done, nobody was ever going to remember anything any of the previous presenters had said. I have been wondering 
if this was by design. John Thaler, bullshit artist. There are two types of main liars in the world, that is, people whose chief personality trait is that they often make claims to other people that aren't true. The first type of person is simply delusional. They live in a fantasy world. That personality type is most easy to spot. There's no real attempt at deception because the person is divorced from reality. Hardly anyone is ever taken in by this personality type for any real length of time. But there's another personality type that also does not deal in reality that is harder to detect. This person isn't delusional per se. They are tailoring their claims to get something that they want. And to get what they want, they have to sell the story very, very confidently. They can think fast on their feet, and they will always try to talk their way out of a jam when one of their lies blows up on them. The problem with this personality type is that they come to believe they can talk their way into and out of anything. My nickname for people like this is the uber-confident bullshit artist. And my investigation, and the findings of other investigators, is that this is what John Thaler is. He's an uber-confident bullshit artist. When you're swimming in a small pond, the waves you make telling your bullshit stories can get impressive results. This is because the pond isn't all that large and not that many fish are seeing it. But Thaler has now made the mistake of coming out onto the national stage. His, at first glance, interesting lies could not stand up to the kind of scrutiny a bullshit artist's tales get upon making it to the big time. Thaler claims there have been numerous attempts on his life, which is why it was his lead investigator, Jacqueline Breger, that made that stunning presentation to the state legislative panel instead of himself. But the more you examine Thaler and Breger's stories about themselves and their claimed almost four-year-long investigation, the more those stories fall apart. The story Breger told that day to Arizona state lawmakers was incredible on its face. That after being asked by law enforcement authorities to help investigate real estate fraud in multiple other states, Thaler and his crack investigative team had followed the money trail to Arizona. It was in Arizona that, much to Thaler's horror, he discovered that his own wife and mother-in-law were directly involved as key participants in this massive multiple-state real estate fraud scheme. However, this story takes an even more bizarre turn when you dig into Thaler's claims about his own past that are found in various legal filings he's made in recent years. It turns out this discovery that his wife was in fact a criminal involved in organized crime activities was not. The first time he says this happened to him, Thaler claims this is the second time he's found himself in this situation, turns out he'd married his previous wife without any knowledge that she, too, was a document forger and crime family member, and he did not discover that until after they were married. Thaler then claims he spent 30 years helping his criminal wife and her criminal family hide their crimes from authorities. 
to help form your own opinion about John Thaler. You should not simply take my own word for it. You should review the two videos and read the Twitter thread linked below, featured in the article. 1. Jovan Pulitzer interviews John Thaler and Jacqueline Breger, linked to video. 2. Jovan Pulitzer's comments on his interview with Thaler and Breger, linked to video. 3. Tracy Beans' deep-dive thread into Thaler's own legal findings, linked to thread. John Thaler, unluckiest man alive or compulsive liar? Thaler has said multiple times now in several interviews that he's not releasing the evidence tying all the top officials named in that inflammatory list to the fraudulent real estate deals, and you're just going to have to buy his soon-to-be-published book to see it. He and Breger have pulled a bait-and-switch, going from claiming they would make all the evidence public to promoting the book. At some point in this, most people's brains are going to switch on, and their bullshit detectors will begin to make some noise. Investigative journalist Tracy Beans of the Dark to Light program and the lead editor at Uncover DC held her commenting on the Thaler case until she'd had time to go over all of John Thaler's legal filings, something Thaler himself encouraged people to do. She held her fire, even as people peppered her with comments on social media demanding to know why she wasn't covering this important story. Tracy was not going to speak until she'd done her due diligence. And did she ever. What she found was a man immersed in a bitter divorce and a nasty child custody case who keeps being stalked by criminal women who are part of a larger criminal mafia who talk him into marrying them so he can protect them. When you look at Thaler's story as a whole via the legal filings he himself made over the course of the past several years, what emerges is an extremely fantastical narrative. It is a story that simply cannot be believed by any rational person. Thaler claims his previous wife before, Brittany Ray Chavez, also just happened to be a career criminal who was part of a crime family engaged in forgeries and other kinds of white-collar crime. Thaler claims he had no idea his wife was a criminal when he married her, but upon discovering her secret, he spent 30 years protecting her and her criminal family from detection. Once he'd finally extricated himself from that situation by divorcing his previous wife, Thaler was then quickly stalked and wooed and recruited by Brittany Ray Chavez into marrying her so he could then provide the same protection services for her that he'd provided to his former wife for 30 years once again. Having no idea what he was getting himself into, Thaler is duped into marrying yet another criminal who is part of a very large crime family. The whole in this story, of course, that Thaler can't begin using his many years of supposed expertise in white-collar crime to protect his new wife and her family and the larger criminal organization they belong to until he is made aware of the crimes they have been committing. Both times, former and last wife, 
Thaler's story is that his ex-wives and their families never made the revelation of their criminal activities to him. His story in his legal filings is that he, intrepid investigator that he is, made that discovery on his own both times. In Thaler's telling of the tale, he discovers on his own that his new wife, Brittany, and her mother-in-law, Donna Chavez, are a literal two women, white-collar crime wave. Thaler's filings accuse Brittany and Donna of creating a massive amount of fake documents over the years, but it doesn't stop there. The two are revealed to be a team of super-spy criminals right out of a fiction novel, able to hack into any database and inject fake documents and steal real documents. Is John Thaler simply the unluckiest man ever to live? A magnet for criminal women with nefarious agendas for him that he's just unable to discern until after he's married them? I doubt it. Ever hear the phrase, maybe it's not them, maybe it's you? The more you read his filings, the more he paints a picture of himself as a hapless, super-competent litigator who is relentlessly sandbagged and sabotaged by his own wife and her family. He never honestly loses a ruling in any court. He's too good for that, you see. Certainly not in his case in child custody court. No, what happens is his crafty ex and her mother forge documents and fake rulings against him, and the judges handling these cases are part of the conspiracy. Understand, this is the story he himself relates in his own filings. This is not someone else placing words in his mouth. He ends up describing his ex and her mother as a literal two-woman white-collar crime rave rippling through over a dozen states. He has passed off a three-and-a-half to four-year nasty divorce-slash-child custody battle as a white-collar crime investigation done by a, quote, team out of his law office. His lead investigator turns out to be an insurance agent who failed to disclose to the panel of lawmakers that she's also his girlfriend, This leads directly to the question of if this investigative team that's supposedly engaged in this three-and-a-half-to-four-year investigation even exists. Thus far, it's looking increasingly likely that the claimed crack investigative team consists of exactly two people and not the five to ten persons as claimed by Breger in her testimony before the panel. Then... In a series of interviews over the past week, Thaler and Breger have begun walking back most of their claims about this investigation they claim to have done. Thaler made several key missteps, such as when he said Maricopa County ballots he saw in two vans had the county seal on them. This is not true. Then he produced envelopes with wrong addresses as he claimed they had contained correspondence with Attorney General Burnovich about his investigation. The address is for the Arizona Child Court Division, not Burnovich. Then, when pressed for the documentary evidence Breger claimed at last week's hearing would be forthcoming, Thaler has started saying it's all in the forthcoming book. He will not be providing it early. You'll have to buy the book to see the evidence. Summary. My take... At this time, after reviewing all of this, John Thaler is losing 
a child custody court case badly through his own actions. He's out of money, and so with Breger assisting him, he has tailored an election fraud angle tied to his coming book as a fundraising scheme. I understand. A lot of social media influencers and personalities instantly adopted John Thaler and Jacqueline Breger as their new heroes in this long election integrity fight. I myself initially was hoping that the claims were true, or at the very least, stripping away Thaler's clear vendetta against Brittany and Donna. A methodology had been revealed for how corrupt Arizona officials are being bribed. But facts don't give a shit about your feelings, and we're not about to win this election fraud war by promoting stories told by serial fabulists. A lot of people want movement on the election fraud issue in this country, and especially in the state of Arizona, but we can't try to force that movement by promoting opportunists like John Thaler and Jacqueline Breger, who are involved in a three-and-a-half-year vendetta against Thaler's ex-wife and mother-in-law in a vicious child custody dispute and have apparently crafted a story to sell their book. Exactly who sent John Thaler and Jacqueline Breger to Senator Harris is now an important question. I am seeking the answer to this question. Thaler and Breger are opportunists who saw an opportunity and took it because that's what opportunists do. But who exactly was it who handed them this particular opportunity? Why wasn't any of this carefully vetted and screened out before Breger was handed that platform at the Arizona panel hearing on February 23rd? Who didn't do their due diligence? Why did it take journalists and researchers like Tracy Beans and Jovan Pulitzer to raise the red flags about the fantastical and conflicting stories Thaler and Breger are telling? The question is, who put Thaler and Breger in the position to take this opportunity to sell their story and their forthcoming book to the wider public by sending them to State Senator Liz Harris Did the person who sent the pair to Harris already know their story was bullshit, or did they find the story too good to check? Liz Harris is currently the target of an ethics complaint, due to Breger's invitation to appear before the panel. Who's trying to stay in the background to ensure that it's Liz Harris alone who ends up as the main target for all the fallout from this fiasco? Inquiring minds want to know.